It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launched on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your co-host, James Rapine. Happy Martin Luther King Day. We hope you didn't miss us too much. Sorry we didn't give you advanced warning on that one. We didn't realize it was a holiday as we were recording last week because looking ahead on the calendar is hard when time loses all meaning and you work from home every day. Isn't that right, James? <laughs> That's absolutely right. That's a really good way to describe the past one. 10 months or so of our lives. It has been that kind of 365 days or 10 months or whatever it actually is. Today, we've got a show for you that involves a mock draft Monday. That's coming your way in parts two and three of the show today. Before that, the Bengals hired a defensive line coach. And I'd say this is the second, maybe third, although Walters might be more of a double than a home run, but definitely the second home run hire of this offseason for this coaching staff. The Bengals hired Marion Hobby from the Miami Dolphins to be the defensive line coach. And I reached out to my guy from the Dolphins, Travis Wingfield. He used to host Locked On Dolphins. Now he works for the Dolphins directly. And he liked his ability to develop and teach. He said that he has a commanding respect from his players. He said that Marion Hobby is a very good coach. And you know what else I like about this coaching hire, James? is there aren't direct connections to anyone, as far as I can tell, on this coaching staff. There are a few connections to players, for sure, but this isn't a guy that Lou Anarumo or Zach Taylor worked with in Miami, different Miami regime that Marion Hobby comes from. And I think that was the most refreshing thing, because when I saw former Dolphins, I was like, oh boy. Like, you just know, and I don't blame fans who feel that way, but you just knew the fan base was going to be turned off by it. But no, this is the Brian Flores Dolphins, the good Dolphins, the Dolphins that appear to be turning a corner and be building something special. And so that alone, when you're talking about an experienced defensive line coach, a guy who's been in the league for quite some time now, who's coached 
uh, in the collegiate ranks, who was uh, an NFL player once upon a time, and they land him. Look, I, I think you, me, really any anybody, everybody questioned whether or not Zach Taylor was able and would be able to get the right guys in here. But at least on the surface, based on resume, based on what he's done, Marion Hobby appears to be following the the Frank Pollock tree, like you said, where they found the right guy. And you hope so, right? If there were any two important hires or, or most important hires this offseason, it was the trenches. It was the the two areas that the Bengals are lacking in the most. And so the fact that they're able to land Frank Pollock and now a guy in Hobby who, one, has an awesome name, and if they do well in the in the trenches on the defensive line, we can have some fun with Hobby. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's refreshing to see for sure. And, look, you don't want to buy in too much right now, and we only know so much, but I, I think it's a, a good sign, and it isn't an underwhelming hire, which I think is all you can ask for. I'll say this for Marion Hobby. His defensive lines in the last four years in the NFL have all been solid to very good producers. In Jacksonville, he, of course, coached the defensive line when they had those great defenses. The The year the Jaguars went to the playoffs on the back of the number one, I believe, defense in the league, he was a defensive line coach. You might recognize names like Dante Fowler, who had a good year as a pass rusher and limited snaps for them in 2018. Yannick Ngakwe, Kalias Campbell, Malik Jackson. I mean, that was just a studly defensive line unit in Jacksonville. And then he went to Miami where he had a little bit less to work with, but managed to develop, I think, pretty well guys like Christian Wilkins. And most notably, the biggest standout is Andrew Van Ginkle, who became a standout edge rusher, a situational rusher for Miami. They also had pretty good production from Raquan Davis in Miami. So this is a guy who comes from a defensive end background. But his first coaching job of any actual position was at Louisiana Lafayette, where he was the defensive tackles coach. Then he went and was the defensive line coach at Ole Miss from 1999 to 2004. He was a Clemson defensive ends coach specifically in 2005, and I believe he was a defensive end at the University of Tennessee. He then went to the New Orleans Saints, where he was again the defensive ends coach. Then he got his first taste of any coordinator action. When he went to Duke, he was a defensive coordinator and defensive line coach at Duke and then returned to Clemson, was a co-defensive coordinator and defensive ends coach at Clemson from 2011 to 2016. And since then, he's been in the NFL as a defensive line coach. So a guy who's worked his way up the ranks in some very good programs. He spent time in the SEC, obviously. He spent time at Clemson, won a national championship with Clemson in 2016, before coaching some high-performing or over-performing units, I'd say, in the NFL. And according to Jeff Hobson, he has some experience with the kind of 3-4 hybrid amoeba fronts. Not really amoeba fronts. I guess those are a little bit different. But amorphous fronts that the Bengals and Lou Anarumo like to play. So it seems like a good fit. He obviously knows and has known DJ Reader for a long time. He recruited him to Clemson. And there's a connection to a depth guy on this Bengals roster, James and Khalil McKenzie, whose dad, Reggie McKenzie is in the front office down in Miami. I think the, the fact that they were able to get someone that new DJ reader, think about it. DJ reader signs here, plays five games, gets hurt in week five, and he's the highest paid nose tackle. And he's loves Nick Eason is all about Nick Eason. And they didn't renew his contract. I, the fact that they were able to get someone, and I'm not saying you just do it to make DJ Reader happy. Obviously, that's not the case. But that is able to 
excite a guy that is supposed to be a leader of this defense moving forward and be part of the culture and be part of what they're trying to build, I think that's as big as any of this. Obviously, you want the resume, you want the experience, you want all of that. Uh, you want it to be a scheme fit, as you mentioned with Lou Anarumo, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because uh, th- they need that. But making Reader, putting him in a position where he's not only comfortable, but thinks that they they can go in the right direction, I think that's crucial. So that connection, don't let's uh, upplay that. I guess that's what I'm doing. But uh, don't shy away from that, because I think that's a, a huge, huge part of of why this is such a a big deal and could make an impact in 2021. We'll see if the Bengals bring along an assistant defensive line coach or something to that effect. They did lose two coaches that were largely involved on the defensive line in Gerald Chapman and Nick Eason. So they've replaced the defensive line coach. They've got Marion Hobby on board going forward. And I think it's just a, it's a great hire. And this is a guy that I think probably had a lot of opportunities He left Miami because his contract expired and there was a lot of criticism for Brian Flores for letting him go. So it would be interesting to know, and I don't think we'll ever know how many offers he had. If you just search his name on Twitter, you'll see a lot of college team fans saying, I hope they go get Marion Hobby. And instead he's now the defensive line coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. So not, not, too much else to say about it. I mean, he's an experienced guy and has some connections with some of the stars on the team. I will say one other thing, I guess, James, and that's that in his interview with Jeff Hobson, he talked about Carl Lawson, talked about how good he is as a pass rusher. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the Dave Lapham report that if they're going to keep one of the two, and you had this on allbengals.com, they're going to keep one of the two between Carl Lawson and William Jackson. Lapham thinks that that guy has got to be Lawson. And if you look at positional spending, and we're going to do this this week, they're spending virtually no money at the defensive end position. So it makes a lot of sense to me that they would try to keep Lawson. Coming up next, we've got Mock Draft Monday. Yeah, baby. And we're going to review a couple mocks from around the internet, increasingly seeing some trends with this number five pick that I find to be quite interesting. We'll talk about how realistic or not we think those are, and we'll get into the mock draft simulator coming up in a minute. The Bengals are getting their coaching staff into shape with the hires of Frank Pollock and Marion Hobby. And if you're interested in getting in shape, you know that feeling of accomplishment of getting your goals done. Nothing feels better. Well, Echelon can get you there. They'll get you to those fitness goals with their next generation collection of fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, Echelon Stride, Smart Treadmill. They've got, no matter what your preference is, the fitness equipment you need to get it done in the comfort of your own home. Their newest innovation, the EX7S, is taking cycling to the next level. It's a connected bike built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind. The bike for competitors at heart. So those of you that like to get your exercise in a competitive fashion, Check out the EX7S. You can check it all out at echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. NFL championship weekend almost here. Who do you like? You like Tom Brady, my guy Brady? Or do you like Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau? Are you rolling with Mahomes and the Chiefs? Or do you think it's Josh Allen's time in Buffalo? It doesn't matter which way you're leaning. Get paid for your opinion. Cash in. There's one place that has you covered, one place we trust. 
betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So you can bet on championship weekend. If you want to get in on some NBA or college action, you can do that as well. And look, there are plenty of prop bets as well. There are plenty of things to roll with as we get closer to Super Bowl 55. Get off the sidelines. Do it right now. You're not going to regret it. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Mock Draft Monday here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. And before we dive into the Mock Draft Simulator today, James, let's take a look at the three Mock Drafts that I think are the most prominent ones out there, at least the ones that I find and pay attention to. And that is the Draft Network. That is Pro Football Focus, and that is The Athletics' Dame Brugler. All three of these mock drafts, James, penned by different authors. Dame Brugler, of course, I mentioned. It's Seth Galina's turn on PFF, and it's Benjamin Solak's turn on the Draft Network. And Bengals fans are probably rejoicing if they're going to read these because all three have the Bengals picking Pene Sewell at number five. There are different paths to get there. But all three of these mocks today have Penesul available at number five overall for the Bengals. That would be huge. <laughs> that would be wild because here's the thing. Even if they do what I want them to do, what you want them to do, you know, go out and get a big time veteran offensive lineman that's going to make 15 to 20 million per that can just come in and be that dude in the trenches, you can still use Penesul. And, and suddenly that position of, weakness can potentially become a a position of strength and the path to it. I know you're going to get to them here, but it's, uh, I'm not as optimistic. What we'll say that, but, but let's, uh, let's dive in because you're right. There are different paths. So on the draft network is Benjamin Solak today. As I mentioned, he has Trevor Lawrence. Number one, I think that is unanimous at this point. You can write it in pen, Justin Fields, number two to the jets. So this variant has the jets going with the quarterback. It has a trade up and number three, Miami just piling up draft picks from teams that need quarterbacks or, uh, in previous cases, a, a left tackle. The 49ers come up, and they get Zach Wilson. Then the Falcons, and and he his first sentence describing this pick is, okay, everybody calm down, because the Falcons at number four pick Rayshon Slater from Northwestern, and his justification... <laughs> His justification is that Der- Daniel Jeremiah, Lance Zerline, and Matt Miller have all said, and this is true, that either they've got Slater ranked ahead of Sewell in the case of Daniel Jeremiah or Lance Zerline, in fact, or Matt Miller saying that you know he's connected and there are scouts that prefer Slater to Sewell. So this apparently is something that we cannot dismiss And it's easy to forget about Slater. You know, going to Northwestern, there wasn't nearly as much hype around him. But you go back, you turn on that Ohio State game. We talk about it every time we talk about Slater. Maybe this, if if, even if Sewell does go ahead of the Bengals pick, maybe it's not the end of the world. Maybe the, the difference between Slater and Sewell is small enough that you can live with that. And I think that's an idea that Bengals fans probably should start to let percolate in their brains. Maybe you don't have to get comfortable with it, but 
maybe start to think about the idea that maybe the gap in these prospects isn't quite as big as your priors, as your preconceived notions on these two players? It might not be. The problem is, in, in heck, the Bengals might be one of those teams, right, that, that have Slater on their big board ahead of Sewell. Could you imagine? You, you want to talk about a, uh, a scenario that's going to scare fans. What if Sewell and Slater are on the board and, and the Bengals went with Slater, right? That'd be crazy. But uh, it, it can be. I, I just think that you're scarred. You're scarred from previous reaches. Frank Ragnow, right? That's who they wanted at center. Then they settle for Billy Price. Um, Cedric Obwehi was definitely a reach when they picked him in the first round. And, and it's not that the Bengals haven't tried to fix the offensive line. It's that they've gotten it so wrong. And I think if if they pick Slater at five and Sewell went in the top four picks, fair, not fair, even if he's higher on their board than Sewell, and we'll find that out if that happens, it's going to feel like they're settling a bit. And it doesn't matter if the player works out, but if he struggles early on, the, those question marks are going to be there. And I, I think that's kind of the that's kind of why you want to add to the offensive line anyway. Should any of these guys come in with the pressure that uh, an Andrew Thomas had in New York this year where he goes fourth overall and they're expecting him to you know be a left tackle of the future right away, plug and play? That's a lot to ask out of a, a even a top pick in the NFL. So I, I think that's something to consider as well. You should also consider that according to these evaluators, Penny Sewell will be behind a guy like Andrew Thomas, if they were in the same draft class. So this idea that Penny Sewell is this massive generational can't miss offensive tackle prospect, I think has been overblown a little bit. There's a lot of hype around it. There aren't other tackles in this class besides maybe Slater who are really competing with Sewell. And we didn't have the benefit of watching him this year. All of these Mm -hmm. guys, not all of them, I should say specifically Zerline. And he was talking to, who is he talking to? I think it was Dane Brugler. I think that they all said that Sewell would not have been the top tackle in the 2020 draft behind at least three guys, right? So the idea that you'd be settling for Slater right now, I think, unless you've done your own eval, if you're relying on hype, if you're relying on the opinions of others, maybe revisit that. That's all I'm saying because totally apples and oranges situation, most likely to a pick like Billy Price who you knew on its face was a panic pick. Uh, a guy like Cedric Abwehi, who at the time, like there was nobody, well, there were some people obviously, but but nobody whose opinion I really trusted had him in the first round was just a bad pick. So I, I think it is different. I think fans need to start thinking about it differently and prepare themselves for that possibility. I don't even think it's likely, but it could happen. And And so I think, you know, keep an open mind. Right, That's all I'm saying there. Let's talk about the other paths to Penny Sewell being there at five. PFF has Devontae Smith at number three going to Miami. I think that that is rich for Devontae Smith, but the hype train on Devontae Smith is even bigger than the one around Penny Sewell. And they've got Micah Parsons going at number four to Atlanta. I think that would not likely make Atlanta fans very happy, but there is a path there. And finally, the Athletics' Dave Brugler has... Quarterback, quarterback, Devontae Smith, quarterback to the Falcons, and then Penny Sewell at five. So there are a few different routes you can get there, the most likely being quarterbacks and teams trading up. And then maybe if a wide receiver sneaks into that top four or Micah Parsons sneaks into that top four, that pushes a guy down as well. 
I think the team to watch is the Jets, Jake, because if they don't trade out, they're not taking a quarterback. And and I get it. I, I think a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, and it's just a smokescreen. Well, I buy that smokescreen. I buy that report that, that Robert Salah is going to really try to may, maybe move back, and that makes sense, and GM Joe Douglas. But if not, why wouldn't you take Sewell? Why wouldn't you take uh, one of these elite playmakers, Jamar Chase, second overall, which I haven't ruled out, by the way, uh, and really try to see what Darnold can bring with stability around them. So I think that that's kind of the the wild card for me. If they don't trade out of that second spot, I don't think number two overall pick is going to be a quarterback like all these other evaluators are saying. I could be dead wrong on that. They could trade out. But uh, that's that's the pick that I in the path where I, I could see that kind of changing things. Heck, we saw Tua go fifth, Herbert go sixth. So quarterbacks sometimes do fall in the draft, and, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if that happens a bit in, in April as well. We did see it just last year, and I have talked about that. James, let's see what our path has in store for us today. We'll get into the mock draft simulator coming up next. Before we get into those mock draft simulators, let's talk a little bit about the Built Bars because I just got my newest sample pack. I got to try all these new flavors, and I've had a lot of them. But I had the carrot cake on Friday, I think it was. I did a tweet, my my Built Bar, the day tweet. I took a bite of that carrot cake and walnut Built Bar. And you know what, James? It tasted like a carrot cake. Chocolate-covered carrot cake. And if you're telling me that I can get as James, you always point out that the perfectly balanced macros of high protein, low sugar, even has some fiber in there to boot with real chocolate and it tastes like carrot cake. I can't think of any better way to get going for a workout or just get that extra protein into the diet. You can go check out all the Built Bar flavors because they have a ton. Maybe you prefer chocolate-covered raspberry to chocolate-covered carrot cake. They've got that for you. Check them out right now at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. It's cold. The weather stinks. It is not fun right now to have to warm up your car. You know what's worse than that? Not having reliable transportation. You want to keep your automobile up to date so you don't get stranded at the side of the road. And rockauto.com is here to help you. They're a family business. They've served auto parts customers for over 20 years online. Go to rockauto.com and check out all the parts they can have for you and help you from their hundreds of manufacturers. It doesn't matter what you drive. I say it all the time. And you probably don't remember, but... The, the Daewoo's, the Daewoo automobiles, you could drive that. You could drive a Kia, a Hyundai, a Honda, a Corvette. It doesn't matter what you drive. RockAuto.com has what you're looking for. It's an easy website to navigate. And best of all, the prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to RockAuto.com. See all the parts available. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. It's Mock Draft Monday here on the Locked On Bengals podcast, and it's January, James, which means we're hitting the Mock Draft Simulators. Today we're going with the PFF edition, and on the clock at number five, it's a little bit different this week. For the first time, we see two quarterbacks go one and two. Penesu will go number three. And you see Jamar Chase go number four 
to the Atlanta Falcons, which means option A and option B, at least as far as you and I are concerned, I think, are unavailable. That means you have to decide if you want to risk a guy like Jalen Waddell, if you like Devontae Smith well enough, or if you're ready to take a guy like Rashawn Slater here, if you're ready to take a non-premium position like Micah Parsons, which I'm never going to really entertain on this podcast. But the (laughs) ideal here, I think, is you would look to trade back, right? Now, I don't want to try to trade back on PFF because I know I could trade this pick for like three full drafts. And that's not very fun. That's a little little outlandish. But what direction do you go here if you're the Bengals and you stay put? Oh, you want to talk about nightmare. (laughs) Jake, this this one feels, I mean, it's tough because you're going to feel like you're settling. I mean, I get it. Devonta Smith, as great as he was for Alabama, he just isn't the prospect that Jamar Chase is. And so you miss out on him because he goes fourth to the Falcons. Uh, Kyle Pitts, we've talked about the downside of taking a tight end this early fifth. That feels like a reach. And then last segment, Rashawn Slater, he's available. They can address tackle, but it does feel a bit early. So you're right. We're not going to entertain trading back, but that's absolutely 100%, especially when you look Zach Wilson still there. Hey, San Francisco, you want him? Come get him. That, you know, that that's the type of deal at this stage of the draft that you're looking for. That being said, me personally, I still think that there's a reason that um, that we think and we're leaning, you know, Chase. So I, I would lean Smith, Pitts, Slater. Those are my three, right? All about Burrow, all about adding the offense. And we don't know what they did in the offseason, right? That That's kind of the, the the tough part here when we're doing these mocks. I think I lean Pitts. I think I do. Um, and, and, and it's painful. But yeah, Pitts, Smith, and Slater are my three. What, what, what do you – do you feel strongly or much stronger about one of those than the others? I think for me it's, it's actually Jalen Waddle here. Oh, okay. And, and, and see, that's the thing is he could – I, heck, I remember like a month ago, I was like, yeah, he's my favorite receiver, but he's been banged up and he could rise and be there. I just, I'm not there yet on him, but I, I agree with you. I mean, he could end up being right there and, and get drafted ahead of Smith. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, if, if he doesn't get hurt, he's their number one this season, number one wide receiver. And when he goes down, then Smith slides into that role and obviously has the Heisman campaign that he had. So yeah. you're taking Waddle. I think so. And I mean, there's certainly a good argument for Devontae Smith. I, I just think that Jalen Waddle can can do a lot of what Devontae Smith does. I don't know. It's hard. It is really hard. I, I mean, this there's sucks. also a good this argument for. Fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets really hard when this is a scenario. And obviously, you would look to trade back here, right? Like, like you said, you go back to 12 from San Francisco, even if they only give you their second round pick to move up seven picks, and, and you can probably and I think take you get it more. Probably. And you could take a guy like Rashawn Slater or maybe even Pitts or maybe one of the other tackles at 12 and be relatively happy with it. In this scenario, let's stay put. So here's the argument for Pitts here, by the way, is that you just use him as a wide receiver and he just dominates as a wide receiver. And maybe he eventually learns to block and you move him inside later. But early on in his career, you you really just use him as a receiver. Could work. I mean, I think he does actually have those skills. He's pretty, 
wild for a tight end, let's say. But I, I just going back okay. to the positional value and the transition time for tight ends, if they wanted to use them as a, tra- a traditional tight end, I think that's really challenging. But we have to make a choice. I'm going to let you choose this time, and we'll see what we get in the second round. So who's your pick? Is your pick Devontae Smith or, or Kyle Pitts? Oh, it's so tough. It's so tough. Um, I was leaning Pitts, but now I, I'm, I'm second-guessing myself again. Uh, Pitts is 20. I get it. But this team is in semi-win-now mode, Jake, right? I, I want them to be in win-now mode. Hopefully they've addressed the tackle position. Let's roll with the guy that I think is plug-and-play and, plug and, and go with Devonta Smith. All right, so we'll go Devontae Smith at number five, and we'll see what we have available to us here in the second round. And hopefully we get one of those offensive linemen if we need an offensive lineman, or maybe they fix the offensive line and we get a falling pass rusher of some sort in the second round. So let's see what we get. And just noteworthy prospects that went off the board. Slater went 12 to the San Francisco 49ers. Pick 14, Kyle Pitts goes to the Minnesota Vikings. So those guys would have potentially been there. And Jake, one of the other reasons why you might lean wide receiver with the fifth pick, a guy like Chris Olave decided to go back to school for his senior season. So it's less likely that with this 37th pick, the Bengals would end up with a, a speedy wide receiver and downfield threat. Yeah, at this point, if we were looking for a wide receiver now on the clock at pick 37, you're looking at Amon Ross St. Brown from USC, Terrence Marshall Jr., who I think has a chance to go much, much earlier. If you read some of those other mocks I mentioned, he does go much earlier. And Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. But here's the gut punch for me, James, is that Elijah Vera Tucker from USC and Sam Cosme go just before we're on the clock as the Bengals at 37. We just miss on some pass rushers as well. So at this point, you're deciding, do I like Tevin Jenkins, a tackle from Oklahoma State, well enough to come in and be an early contributor if we still need a tackle at this point? And if we don't need a tackle, which direction are we going? Are we going the tight end route with Pat Fryermuth, who was a standout at Penn State, the second-ranked tackle, I think on most boards that I've seen? Or are you going with another tackle that maybe you have ranked a little bit lower? I, I think that you know, you're going to get some personal preference here. Guys like Jackson Carmen from Clemson or Liam Eichenberg, who I liked a lot early in the season, didn't finish quite as strong from Notre Dame. So some tackle options to consider there. And I guess you could look at some edge rushers as well, but the pickings are a little bit slim at this point in the process for me. I agree with you. I think they're slim pickings. I think tackles probably the route you go here and maybe you do move down because you mentioned personal preference. You, you got Jenkins there. You, you got Walker a little there. Eichenberg. Let's say they like Eichenberg and feel like they, they can move down to 41 or 42 and still get him. Then it, then it makes you feel a little bit better about drafting maybe the, the third guy on some team's boards, but maybe he's higher on your board. So uh, you let me pick the first one, Jake. Um, I feel like it's, it's a tackle. I think that makes sense. But uh, what, what do you think? I think the tackle makes sense here. And I actually like Tevin Jenkins. I I need to do more work, obviously, at this point in the process. We're very early on. But he was PFF's third highest graded tackle in 2020 for Oklahoma State. He's a redshirt senior. So there is perhaps some concern that he's a 22-year-old. He's a little bit more developed than some of his competition. And he took a big step this year. But pending some additional film review, He's 
a guy that's notorious for finishing blocks, putting guys on the ground. He only allowed four pressures, according to PFF, on 211 pass blocking snaps for the Oklahoma State Cowboys this year. I, I think you could do worse than Tevin Jenkins. I mean, you, you could, of course, target Eichenberg. Probably comes down to some additional film review, some combine testing, some age considerations, just all the work that happens between now and the draft. But if you go Tevin Jenkins here, you, you end up with a tackle and a wide receiver. They're not the guys maybe that you would have loved. And, you know, that would be something like Jamar Chase in number one and a guy like Sam Cosme falling to the second round. Because at this point, James, you're right. With Olave returning to school, my favorite second round, early second round wide receiver target in Chris Olave, no longer an option, gets a little bit trickier if you want a wide receiver in this class. Now, you could go another way with it. You could go offensive line early and in the second round you could go try to find a defensive lineman try to go pat firemouth something like that but the options do get a lot more challenging i think in this scenario where you finish with Devonte smith and tevin jenkins in the first 37 picks of the draft and i think you feel good about that but you're right unless like a Kadarius tony falls to you and i i think he went you know pick 20 or something in in this mock there aren't many downfield speedsters that you're thinking could be there at 37 with Olave returning. And that's, that stinks. And I, I get it. People don't want to, or, or leery of tackle, but there are tackles that are going to be there at 37. And that's something that the Bengals do need to consider as well. When they evaluate this draft classes for, for it's rare, but it seems like there's a decent amount of depth in the first couple of rounds at, at right and left tackle. We'll have to see how things shake out between now and the draft. Of course, guys like Olave going back to school might get a couple more of those. I think we're getting pretty close to that deadline, though. And the other thing is, it just feels like another one of those years where you just want to trade back. Like, at almost mm-hmm. every opportunity. And this happened last year, too. It got to the point where it's like, okay, we're picking. Let's look at trading back. Obviously not from the first overall pick, but when you're on the clock at, at 33, there are a lot of tradebacks that a lot of times look pretty appealing. And, and this year, the Bengals aren't picking that much later. So trading back again looks pretty tasty this year. We'll try to find some ways to work that into some mock draft Mondays in the future. We'll get to those when we get there. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're going to hit on positional spending this week. We're going to have a mailbag this week. So some fun programming coming your way. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.